Hello, everyone. I'm Edie Schimmel, Marketing Director at National Braille Press, and today I'm speaking with fellow NBP staffers, Joe Quintanilla, Vice President of Development and Major Gifts, and Anna Kaczmarek, Events and Volunteers Manager. Today we're going to be talking about, well, events and fundraisers. National Braille Press hasn't had an in-person fundraising event since the Braille and Brew back in January. Uh, which events have you guys had to cancel or postpone due to the pandemic? Uh, hi, everybody. This is Joe Quintanilla, and uh, we had to cancel a couple events. Uh, one was our Tasting with the Twist event, which usually happens around our birthday in March. Uh, it's a dining in the dark experience, and we had to uh, postpone that event. Uh, and then an event that we just changed uh, we had scheduled for May 19th was our Braille and Brew, and we turned that into a virtual event. And Anna can tell you about how that has gone and what we're looking to do with other virtual uh, beer tastings. Hi, everyone. This is Anna. So excited to be here with you guys. Um, we have kind of had to pivot pretty quickly um, in a lot of our events and fundraising. So on June 5th, we had our first virtual Braille and Brew, which was the reimagined event from our event that we were supposed to have in May. We got to have it with the same brewery that we were supposed to have the in-person event with and partner with them to provide the beer. Um, it was a great experience. We were able to either have attendees pick up their beer in person at the brewery through contactless pickup or have contactless delivery delivering the four-pack to their house. And so we were able to join everyone together on Zoom with a brewmaster from that brewery, and they led us through a mystery tasting of a four-pack of their beer. Um, so we're looking forward to more events like this in the future. It was really encouraging um, that we could do things like this over Zoom and still have it be just as interactive and engaging as our in-person events. So that's really been a a spark to get us going for future virtual experiences. So one of the things about these uh, Braille and Brews or Tasting with a Twist, while they're blindfolded for our sighted audience, we have blind individuals also be a part of this. Obviously, they don't need to be blindfolded. But what's really fun and unique about it is uh, people learn a lot about what's in the beer or what's in some of the uh, ingredients that they're tasting. Uh, people are really learning to use their other senses and how to smell beer. So even though we're, you know, we refer to it as sort of a blindfolded or, or, or tasting in a dark experience, um, it's really more about people learning about what the other senses will tell them about their beer. Or even if you're told that it's a stout or a lager can kind of pre-expose you to what you think that's going to taste like. So we really want it to be a mystery event like Anna was saying, and it really is fun whether you're blind or sighted. It's a really fun interactive experience to learn about the, um, the ingredients, but you're also letting your smell, your taste, your texture, those senses tell you what it is you're drinking or what it is you're eating. It's exciting, and it's a fun way to engage with uh, you know, our, our, our local community um, in a different way than we ever have before. Actually, I do want to backtrack and, and just ask, like, how do events uh, play a role in the NBP fundraising as a whole? So the events 
have a huge uh, impact in our ability to support the work that we do. Uh, it generally costs two to three times more to produce material in Braille than it would in print. Um, our goal and mission as an organization is to make Braille material affordable, uh, not only accessible, but affordable. So we want to keep the same type of pricing that one would get if they bought a print book and want to be able to make our materials available for the same or comparable price, even though it's costing us three times more to produce it. And the way we're able to do that is through charitable support. We raise money through events, like the ones that we're speaking of, um, and they really do help cover that difference. We also uh, get support from people who donate monthly as literacy champions, uh, respond to some of our email campaigns, do fundraisers for us, uh, as well as support or sponsor specific books or publications that we're working on. And speaking of some of these other virtual events and fundraising opportunities, what virtual events have you guys been able to put on this spring? We've been able to put together a number of different virtual events that are similar to some things that we've had um, in past years in person, but also completely new events that we've always wanted to be able to do, but never really had the opportunity to do so before. One of those is a peer-to-peer -peer fundraising event. Uh, we called it the 26.2 Challenge. We wanted to give the runners from NDP that run the marathon on our behalf a special experience on the original marathon date, which was April 20th. And so to encourage them and also help them in some of their fundraising, we put together the 26.2 challenge, which was a social media effort and kind of a peer-to-peer -peer effort to um, give people something to do while social distancing and while in quarantine. So everybody got to do fun activities like um, read 26.2 of your favorite children's books climb 26.2 stairs during the day, run for 2.62 um, miles or 26.2 minutes. It was just a fun way to engage with our community and encourage our marathon runners. And then one of the events that we have um, wanted to do in the past but haven't really gotten an opportunity to until now in a virtual setting was our Beats for Braille concert. So we had um, 19 different musicians who are blind or, or Braille readers that were able to film themselves performing a piece of their choosing at home and tell our audience a little bit about why Braille is important to them. We compiled all those clips together into a almost two-hour concert that was premiered on YouTube Live and Facebook Live, and our community got to watch and enjoy that event as a part of their quarantine experience, which was really great. Um, it was a different way to engage with our community, and it seems like people really enjoyed the opportunity to do that. To, to add to what Anna is saying, I think, you know, one of the things that we want to do for our community is that um, uh, we want to provide entertaining content, informational content. Um, you know, I, 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 I kind of say, and, and I, I say I'm joking, but I'm not joking, that we want to put the fun in fundraising and we want people to be a part of our events, whether they're at home or in person, and have an enjoyable experience. We really want to uh, be able to connect with our community and give everyone an, an opportunity to share within their community, uh, share what 
they find uh, as uplifting or enjoyable um, and really try to come together where we are national Braille Press. So I think this has given us an opportunity to take events that we generally hold in the Boston area where we're based and really have everyone across the country participate. We'll look forward to, to doing more of that. So I think it's, it's opening our eyes, pardon the pun, that um, some of these virtual events we might be able to do year in and year out. Uh, and that's sort of a new way of us thinking about things we can do to have everyone across the country or internationally be a part of the NBP community. Yeah, I've been using the term throughout this experience, forced creativity, and it's it has been a lot of fun to be creative and to come up with these new kinds of events to be able to engage with our entire audience across the country and not just the people that might come in person to our events in Boston. Yeah, I would uh, echo that uh, as the, the person who's running the social media side of these events. Um, it's been really fun to, to get to engage with with you all and to meet new followers and um, just just share these fun experiences and events. It's fun to be a part of the team that's providing them. And of course, there is one more event that is our largest fundraising event of the year, our annual gala. And unfortunately, but perhaps fortunately, after you guys tell us a little bit more about the new plan, we aren't able to hold it in person this year. So um, what is the plan? Well, so in uh, in October, uh, we typically hold our Million Laughs for Literacy Gala. And so what we've been working on the last couple months is putting together a virtual version of that. Um, we're going to have a comedian. We're going to have entertainment. Uh, we're going to be able to talk about why Braille is important and bring to you all stories that you can relate to, experiences you may have had as a young person or as an adult. Um, but for people who aren't familiar with our organization or maybe know a little bit about Braille, um, they're going to learn more about Braille and why it's so important for us to exist, why it's so important for people to support our mission, why children need their textbooks, why adults need some of the technology books that we provide. Um, yet at the same time, I'm going to go back to that having fun. So I think um, if you go to our website, nbp.org, you'll be able to see all the details of the event that we have so far for October and why you can be a part of it, whether you're in California, whether you're in Massachusetts, or whether you're in Alaska, and tune in support our mission, have a great time, have a lot of laughs, and at the same time, I'm hoping you'll pump your fist and say, I'm so glad I'm part of the MVP community. And just to close out our conversation today, and Joe, you've touched on this a little bit, uh, but I'd love to hear uh, how you guys think that virtual is permanently changing NBP's event landscape. I think that, uh, you know, virtual events, it, it will help uh, change the landscape and the way that we uh, become more, um, I'm going to say, inclusive in the sense of no matter where you are, you can be involved. You can be involved 
you know, as we advocate and fight for Braille literacy, you can be involved with our events. If you're not in Massachusetts, you can go out and run a 5K and support our work. If you're not in Massachusetts, you can be part of our gala, have a couple of cocktails, maybe a glass of wine, maybe a nice dinner with hundreds of other people across the country. Tune into our comedian, tune into uh, our mission, be a part of our auctions. So I think it's changed our, our perspective in that uh, we've been so focused on in-person events. Um, it also has helped us be, uh, as Anna was saying earlier, be more creative. I think our initial <laughs> feeling was to try to be uh, or try to replicate what we would do in person. And the more that we've talked and developed ideas, we've determined that we don't have to replicate what we do in person. We can come up with totally different ideas of doing things, uh, using technology so that people can be more interactive during the event. So I think that, um, you know, the, the things that we've done earlier in the spring, we can look to do annually. Uh, and the other thing too, is that they can live permanently on our website. So you might not be able to tune in that particular day for that event, but you can potentially go to our archives or our YouTube page as in the Beats for Braille concert and check it out. So in some ways we might be able to have more historical documentation of the fun that we're having with these events and how everyone can be a part of it. Yeah, I would echo all of that. I think it's been a great opportunity, even in the midst of everything that's going on for our staff to, I mean, like I was saying, the forced creativity, it kind of re, uh, it forces us to reimagine what can be in our toolkit for being able to provide events. And I think that'll bleed over into whenever we're able to have in-person events again or um, partially in-person events again. I think this forced creativity is going to bleed into all of our events in the future and not just what we can do on a virtual level. Yeah, I would say, you know, and the silver lining to to find out that we're uh... – we're more nimble and more creative than we thought that we were and that we've been able to engage with so many of you so much. Joe and Anna, thank you both for speaking with me today. If those of you listening out there would like to learn more about National Braille Press's events and virtual happenings, head over to nbp.org and visit our event section on the website. I also encourage you to sign up for our e-news while you're there so you can get the most up-to-date information about all things NBP, including our virtual happenings and fundraisers. Thanks for tuning in.